0: Okay, Fran, come on up, and I'm just going to just share a little bit about my friend before we turn the, the um, rest of the evening and the teaching over to her. Fran and I and her husband, Tom, met here in Pastor Tim's ministry. It was in 2008 when her husband was diagnosed with cancer. They both came together to Pastor Tim's healing meeting. Her husband got miraculously healed of cancer. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God. And they started, not just started, they continued to grow in their faith. They continued in the word of God. They were already in the word, but they continued in the word. They have been with Kent and I in our ministry of healing for years and years and years And they have just blessed so many people. I consider Fran one of my mentors. I consider her one of my spiritual mamas. Pastor Tim's wife, Fran, was one of my spiritual mothers as well. But I consider Fran one of my spiritual mentors and mothers. And when I have a need, this is who I go to. And you'll see why after you hear her teach tonight. But as they grew and as they ministered with us, maybe three or four years ago, God put a calling on their heart to pastor. They have planted a church. It's called Living Grace Church. It was, uh, it'll be two years in October. I'll just give you a little commercial. It's an amazing church. It is on right now. It's meeting at the Concord Inn on M fifty nine and Crooks Road. They're they're getting their own building soon, which will also be in that vicinity. But it's in that area. It's ten o'clock on Sundays. It's a powerful truth, gospel truth, full gospel, truth, teaching, grace, and faith church. It's a powerful church. When I recommend churches to people, when they ask me, it's Rochester Christian Church and Living Grace Church. Those are the churches, and we, we um, uh, um, partner with them in their church because we, it's just a beautiful, beautiful place to sow our, our seed. So anyway, I've been able to watch Fran and Tom come in with a need Seeking healing, seeking the healer, receiving healing, and so much more. Their lives have been completely and forever changed. So about uh, two or three weeks ago, Fran was telling me uh, what she was teaching at Living Grace Church. Her and both teach. And that particular week, she was teaching on uncommon faith. Uncommon faith. And she told me some of the nuggets that she was going to share and I said, Fran, I really want that for me. Literally, I wanted it for me first. <laughs> but I also knew that it was important teaching for the body of Christ. So I asked her to teach last night, and then, and then it was such a powerful teaching. I said, will you please, Ken, is there any way you can work out your schedule to be here on Tuesday? So many of you have never met Fran. She's a beautiful woman, beautiful woman of God, and she's going to be sharing uncommon faith with us tonight. Will you give her a warm welcome, please?
1: Yay, God. Okay. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. It is a joy to be here, and I am just blessed to see Pastor Tim. She also <laughs> I do. So I'm going to try to behave. But um, like Cindy shared, he was the very first person that Tom heard the truth about healing. And he prayed over Tom, and he loved on Tom. And today, I mean, that was back in 2008. He is healthy and whole. Cancer is gone, completely gone. And the Lord healed him supernaturally by standing in faith and declaring God's word over his body. And we stood together, and we did go through them. We were in the medical realm But we kept just speaking and declaring God's word and declaring that there would be no further treatment needed. So it is just a joy, Pastor Tim, to see you today. I have not seen him in a lot of years and just blesses me. So if we could just pray um, just for a second and let's kind of gather ourselves here. Father, we just worship you tonight. I thank you for the privilege and the honor to share your word to share what you have placed in my heart. And Father, I want this to be all you. I yield my mind, I yield my mouth, I yield my tongue to you. You say whatever you need to say, and let it be glorifying to you. Father, I thank you for your presence here tonight. I thank you for your peace here tonight. Father, I declare in the name of Jesus that we have ears to hear tonight. And our hearts are prepared and ready to receive what you have in store. And we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right. I know we're taping. Sorry, Kent. You'll have to edit this out. (laughs) Okay, like Cindy shared, um, the Lord has just been speaking to me about the body of Christ and how we're missing... Some things on healing. We, you know, like Cindy said, I have been with her ministry for a lot of years. Tom and I did ministry before that with other ministries. And people are struggling to receive what Jesus has already provided. And there's something that's missing that people are, are hearing the word. They're hearing it. And how does faith come? Come. By hearing the word, right? So faith comes, but there's this gap to the receiving side, to receiving it. And I just love the Holy Spirit and how he works things out. A lot of what Pastor Tim shared is what I'm going to be sharing tonight as well. Um, But it's about uncommon faith. And unfortunately, it is uncommon faith. In the body of Christ. And what Jesus wants us to know is it shouldn't be uncommon. There is a faith that we can have and know and be confident in the finished work of Jesus. So that we can receive everything that he has. God's word is your covenant right as a believer. And if you want it, you can have it in the name of Jesus. And I think sometimes there's a lot of believers that don't believe that. They want to, but they're not sure if this is really for them. A lot of times we get caught up in what it looks like. People's experiences that maybe, you know, they're still struggling with something. Or, or maybe they just go home to be with Jesus way too early. And you know, awesome for them. But for us that are left... We have lots of questions. Like, why? Why, Lord? Why didn't that happen? What happened? What, what was the reason that that person didn't make it? They were believing it looked like they were doing all the things right. And they just didn't receive it. God wants us to be successful. Jesus paid a big price for that. And he wants his children to be successful and to receive everything that Jesus paid for. What Jesus has done for us, what he has accomplished for us, is ours. Our covenant right. right. And Jesus has paid a dear price and he wants you to get everything that he has bought for you. God wants you to trust him with all of your heart. And I think we get caught up in our loved ones that were believing and standing and declaring and they didn't make it. And what does that do to us? It causes a trust issue for us. We're not sure, we don't understand why that happened, And then when something tries to come up against you and me, now we're not sure if we can trust God for us. It's a trust issue that God wants us to to get through, to get past, so that we can trust him for everything. He's our father. He's a good father. He's provided everything that we need, and it's all right here for us. But we need to trust. We need to be able to say, I trust you, Father. I know a lot of times when we do get a diagnosis or we hear something, a bad report of some sort. We get freaked out about it. We get scared. Fear is one of the first emotions, especially when, you know, we hear cancer or even a possibility of cancer. I mean, fear just wants to rise up on the inside of us. And fear isn't of God.
0: That's right.
1: And Jesus has paid for our healing. Right. And God wants us to trust him with that. And that I know a lot of times our response is okay, what do I need to do? Where do I need to go? What doctor's appointments do I need to make? Uh, you know, do I need to start doing something in the natural? I need to start eating better. I need to start doing those green smoothies. I, I need to start taking those vitamins, right? We do that. And if we pray, I think sometimes we pray. It's, it's out of fear because we're facing something. Because there's a trust issue. You're not sure if God is going to come through for you. And this is what God wants to heal. And God wants to build that bridge to where we not only believe it, but that we're going to be able to receive it because we trust him. And that, this is what we're, we're going to talk about tonight. I also want to um, reveal a deception of the enemy in the natural, going through man's treatment, whether it's chemo, radiation, any other any treatment. There is success in the natural, whether you're a believer or an atheist. And I think a lot of times when we come to meetings like this and we hear the good news that healing belongs to you and that God wants you well and we start getting the books and we start quoting these scriptures and we start, you know, having people pray for us and those are all wonderful things. We need to do that, absolutely. But I think sometimes the enemy gives us a false hope in understanding how we're receiving the next report that might be good. Again, there's success in the natural. They wouldn't do it if there wasn't some. So then you go, you go through the treatment, and then you go for your checkup, and, and, and people will come up for prayer, and they'll say, I want you to pray that I get a good report. Well, faith already knows, right, that you're already healed. And it really doesn't matter what man has to say. They'll eventually catch up to what the word of God says. But your report should be the Lord's report. You're healed. But that's fear coming up because you're not sure if you can trust him. You're not sure if this is going to be another good report. Fear isn't of God. Faith says, I believe. Fear says, I don't know. I want to believe. I want to believe. I'm not sure. So I think God wants us to realize, yes, we need to take treatment. I'm I'm not saying don't take treatment. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not telling you not to go to the doctor. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is when you go to these places and you do receive the treatments, we include God in that. We speak over our bodies. We speak protection. We declare that healing will manifest. We continue to renew our mind in the word. We get those healing scriptures. and And keep renewing your mind and keep renewing your mind and keep renewing your mind. Because when you're in the medical realm, they're very anti-God, anti-Christ. They like to put fear in you. I don't think they do it purposely. I shouldn't say they like. But they do. And that makes it very hard to battle. It makes it very hard. It's another thing that you have to do to try to get those bad thoughts out, those anti-Christ thoughts out of your head. Cindy taught last week on effective prayer. And I taught on that the week before um, this as well. So I know God is trying to get a message (laughs) to his people. Effective prayer releases the power of God to impact our circumstances. Let's look at our first scripture. It's 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And I know Cindy used this scripture as well um, when she taught on effective prayer. But it's an extremely powerful um, scripture. It says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, what's his will? His word. His word. And his word has... All the promises of healing and health and wholeness and provision. That's how we know we're praying his will. If it's in his word, it's his will. So if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We have a God who's alive and who's well and wants to be a part of our lives. He hears us when, he talk, when we talk to him. We can communicate with him. So knowing that he hears us, is huge. We can have confidence that you call out his name, that he is there, and he hears you. And if we know that he hears us, whatever, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So we get into the word, we find our promise, we renew, renew our mind to it, and we get it to our, into our heart, not just our head. Then you go before the Father in prayer. And Psalms 104 says that we enter his courts with praise and thanksgiving. We, we just praise him, we honor him, we glorify him. Who is that for? Is that for us or for him? It's for us. It's to remind us how awesome and how great that he is. And that he's bigger and greater than whatever I could be facing. I don't have to fear. So we come before him with praise and thanksgiving. And then we say, Daddy, I need you. I need your help. I have this diagnosis. There's something in my body that's going on. I don't know what it is, but you do. And I could come to you, and I know that you hear me when I pray your will. And your will is, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. God's word is true and reliable. We could take it to the bank, but it is not automatic. I think we hear over and over, it's a finished work, it's done, it's done, it's already done, it's already done. I think that leaves us, that's absolutely truth, absolutely truth, it is done. But I think that leaves us thinking we don't have to do anything else. That we just kind of sit there and wait, and that's not what we do. Uncommon faith doesn't just sit and wait. Okay, let's look at Mark 11:23 23, and 24. These are very, very familiar scriptures that what I'm going to use tonight. And I want you to come to these scriptures with, with a fresh look because we've heard these a lot. And we can get very blasé about them, like just, you know, yeah, yeah, I've heard that, okay, so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that we have fresh ears and eyes to see your word and that we're going to reap a deeper revelation on uncommon faith. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, verse 23, For assuredly, I want to stop right there. <laughs> Let that word sink into you. Be assured. Jesus is saying, be confident of what I'm going to be telling you right now. This is a sure thing. Jesus is giving you his word. Be assured. Be confident. Meditate on that. Because if you're confident about something, there's a, 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 a way that, I mean, you, you just take that like, okay, Jesus is talking to me. This is something important, and this is for me. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever, we're all whoever's, amen? Doesn't matter if you're a pastor or if you're just a regular old person. Doesn't matter, we're all regular old persons. But it doesn't matter. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things that he says will be done. Now I want to stop at that sentence in the middle, and does not doubt in his heart. There is a difference between head knowledge, heart knowledge. There's a difference between head faith and heart faith. And the heart faith is what I'm talking about tonight. The uncommon faith. We have seen this over and over um, in a lot of precious people. And Fran, I believe. I believe. I think I believe. I believe. And you do. No doubt about that. You do. But the belief is just here. Here. It's not here. And the way that you can tell that is when it's here, there's still doubt. There's still, I'm saying all these scriptures, I'm declaring all these things, but on the inside of me, there's a little voice that says, but is this going to happen for me? Uncommon faith is sure. Uncommon faith, the faith of the Bible, then we'll read some um, testimonies of it, but examples of uncommon faith... But uncommon faith is here, and it will not be shaken, and it will not be moved. Uncommon faith sees it in the spirit before they see it in their physical body or in the doctor's report. And if Jesus is telling us not to doubt in our heart, we can do that. He's not going to ever tell us something that we cannot do, that we cannot accomplish in him. Doubting is not of God and it's not going to help you to move that mountain of whatever it is that you're experiencing. Now, I will tell you standing in faith, whether it's your flesh or the enemy, but you will have thoughts that will come in your mind of doubt, of fear. But it's what you do with those that will make the difference of whether you're going to continue on in this uncommon faith or if you're going to fall back into fear and you're going to start doubting and you're going to start wavering. Take those thoughts captive. Do not let them go any further than they got in. Say, oh, no, no, no. That's not what the Word of God says. No, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. Jesus has already paid this for me. Whatever those thoughts, you're not good enough. You don't do enough. Take them captive. Those are lies of the enemy. Don't let them sit there and think on them and wonder if that could be true. God's word says that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God said that he sent his son for you. God said that he he bore stripes on his back for you so that you can be healed and walk in divine health. Don't allow those thoughts to linger for any one second longer than it needs to be. Speak to that mountain and do not doubt in your heart and believe that those things that he says will be done. (laughs) go to verse 24 therefore I say to you whatever things you ask when you pray believe that you receive them and you will have them that's an awesome promise if I believe and I say I can have whatever I say according to God's will I say I'm healed I say I'm whole I say I lack nothing in Christ Jesus. I say I am pain free. I say my knees are healthy and strong. I say, I say, I say, I say. What are you saying? Are you saying the word or are you saying the problem? We want to move that mountain. We don't want it to stay. We want it to go. Amen? Amen. The word received there. In the Greek means take something that is given to you. Uncommon faith requires an action. If I walked up to Cindy and I said, Cindy, the Lord told me to give you $1,000. I've I've got a check and I'm going to give it to you. All right, yes. (laughs) And this is what we do with God's word, okay, We get excited about it. Yes, I take it. I take that healing. I hear about healing. I hear what Jesus did for me, and I'm excited about it. But she sat there with her hands folded. Receiving a gift, what? Here, I have $1,000 for you. Okay, yeah, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right? We, We reach forward with it to bring it to you. That's what we need to understand. We not only believe, but we need to receive. And we're getting the believe down really good. With ministries like Cindy's, and and I'm sure, uh, you know, ministries here, wherever. There's a lot of good ministries. So the believing part is getting easier, but it's the receiving part. That seems to not quite be there yet. That people are walking away with awesome reports, and stay in that way. And that's God's heart for you, to be walking in his best all the time. So we not only believe it, but we're going to receive it. We're going to take it in the name of Jesus. It requires action. Let's look at Mark um, chapter 5, um, verses 25 through 34. And this is an account, and we're all, again, very familiar with this scripture. I could have picked multiple ones but this just happened to be the one that I felt the Lord wanted me to use and it's the woman who had the issue of blood and let's, let's read in verse uh, 25 and there was a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years if you've been bleeding for 12 years I'm sure you're very anemic and you're probably very weak and you just don't have a stamina right This is 12 years that this has gone on for her. And who had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but instead grew worse. Next verse, please. And she heard the reports concerning Jesus. And she came up behind him in the throng, and she touched his garment. For she kept saying, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. And immediately her flow of blood was dried up at at the source, and suddenly she felt in her body that she was healed of her distressing ailment. And Jesus recognizing in himself the power proceeded from him, had gone forth, turned around, and immediately in the crowd said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples kept saying to him, You see the crowd pressing hard around you from all sides, and you asked who touched you? Still, he kept looking around to see her who did it. Isn't that beautiful? He knew. He knew. He knew it was her. He was looking for her. But the woman, knowing what had been done for her, though alarmed and frightened and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith, your trust, and confidence in me, springing forth from faith in God, has restored you to health. Go into peace and be continually healed and freed from your distresses, your bodily disease. Now, we look at sometimes these scriptures and you're like, well, okay, Fran, that was 2,000 years ago. How does this affect me? How can I bring this to relate to me? Well, let's go back and let's look at some of these these, uh, verses here because this is very much... Um, a part of us and for us start with verse 27 it says when she heard about Jesus y'all we have heard about Jesus right we've heard a lot about him and not only we've heard about him but we've heard about him on this side of the cross this side the finished work she didn't have that. She only heard the Old Testament scriptures, but she didn't have the finished work on her side. You and I have heard the finished work. Hallelujah. And she said, there we go with that said again. And she said, we need to speak. The Bible says faith speaks. What does it say? Paul says it says we say the word, doesn't it? So we're speaking. Faith speaks. Uncommon faith continues to speak. And she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. You and I, by faith, declaring and speaking his word is how we touch his clothes now. been a lot of people that, like, I wish Jesus was here so I could touch him, or he can lay hands on me, or, you know, just that I could be around him. You know what? You got something way better. Way better than him walking this earth. He's on the inside of you and I. We are his temple. We walk around with him. We have everything we need, every access when we need it. It's here. He's with us everywhere we go. Praise God. Praise God. So we, we hear him. Faith comes by hearing. So we've heard about Jesus. And then we touch his clothes by faith now. That's why faith pleases God so much. is because it's faith that activates all of his promises for us as believers. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself the power had gone out of him, turned around and said, Who touched my clothes? Jesus knows uncommon faith. He knows when you've touched him. And it's going to be the kind of faith that will move the mountains, whatever it is that you're facing. She felt the healing in her body. And the healing manifested. We today have the word of God and we don't have to feel anything. Faith believes now, whether you feel it or not. Whether you feel it or not. In verse 34 it says, he said it was her faith that made her whole. This is the uncommon faith that I'm talking about. That the body of Christ needs to have. And it won't be uncommon if we get a hold of this. This is the kind of faith that your heavenly father approves of. This is something that he wants for his body to receive. And if we continue speaking and believing and receiving, we will get stronger and stronger in our trust in God and his word. We need to build our trust in him in order to receive what you're believing for and we cannot doubt uncommon faith does not allow allow doubt in his heart let's look at James chapter 1 6 through 8 again extremely familiar scriptures but this is why God doesn't want doubt in your heart it only must be in faith that he asks with no wavering no hesitating No doubting. For the one who wavers, who hesitates, who doubts, is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. Next verse. For truly, he's telling us some truth here. We need to listen to this truth. Let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. For being as he is, which is a man of doubt, a man of two minds. He's hesitating and he's unsure and then he becomes resolute. All of a sudden, you know, he hears the word. Whenever you hear the word of God about whatever you're believing for, healing, it it strengthens your faith. And you'll walk out of here and you're like, yes, this is mine. And then you walk out, and it could be a day, it could be two, and you're not renewing your mind, and you're not hearing the word about healing, and then now you're not sure if this is for you. You're back and forth, back and forth. We can't receive what God has for us when we doubt. And this is what God is trying to tell us. We don't want to be unstable We want to be sure. And we want to receive. And you know what? God wants you to receive more than you do. He wants this for you. There is no wavering with uncommon faith. No hesitation. No doubt. If you keep his promises before you, if you meditate on it, and if you think on his word, and you keep your eyes on Jesus, he's the one that's going to keep you in perfect peace. If you're in perfect peace, pay attention what you're focused on. All of a sudden, when you notice you're in fear and doubt and anxiety, what are you focusing on? I can guarantee you it's not Jesus. If you want to stay in that perfect peace, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the word. Keep your eyes on the finished work. Keep speaking. Keep declaring. Keep (laughs) Speaking it to anybody and everybody will listen. What God says about you. God loves to communicate his absolute limitless goodness to everyone. And the only thing that limits his goodness is the person's capacity to receive it. Every one of us has unlimited faith capacity. I love that. Our faith is never going to cap off if we choose to keep going with it. God is limitless, and we can too. We could go all the way trusting him if that's what we choose to do. There's no limit. When we get in this type of faith that God is talking about, this Bible kind of faith, there will be no stopping you or me. How far we want to go with it is going to be up to us. All right, so how do we develop uncommon faith? There's a way to do it. Absolutely, the word is number one. Prayer is number two. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 3, 9, and 10, and this is Paul speaking. He says, For what adequate thanksgiving can we render to God for you for all the gladness and delight which we enjoy for your sakes before our God. Paul just got a report from Timothy about the Thessalonians. And it was a good report about how they were standing in faith. And he was excited about it. And he's saying, I just, I am so excited to hear this because he had ministered to these people. Let's look at verse 10. And we continue to pray, especially with most intense earnestness, night and day. That's intercession prayer. Paul was interceding. Night and day, he's a prayer. He knows that there's power in prayer. That we may see you face to face and mend and make good whatever may be imperfect and lacking in your faith. Paul prayed until he knew that they were using their faith to go to the maturity that they needed to go in God. Uncommon faith is a mature faith. And it will not be moved and it will not be shaken. God wants us, we all start at the same place. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've all been there. But we've got to keep moving. We got to keep going forward. We got to keep speaking and declaring. We got to keep trusting. We got to keep believing because God wants us to be mature. He wants us to flow in Him and His best. We don't need to be babies all the time. We grow. We grow. We grow. How do we do it, Fran? By speaking, by declaring, by getting in the Word, by spending time with your Father, just talking to Him about it. And you know what? If you're not getting it, ask him. Lord, I need your help. I know that this is truth in my head, but I need this in my heart. Help me to get this. He's there for you, He loves you, He meets you exactly where you're at. And if you call out His name, He's going to be there for you. We don't need to be condemned, we don't need to be ashamed. It's limitless, folks. We can go. All right, let's look at Second Thessalonians one, uh, three, and this is after Paul has been praying about their faith to mature. It says, "We are bound to thank God always for your brethren, for you brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly." I want my faith to grow exceedingly because I know that I can receive what God has for me. And the love of every one of you all abounds to each other. So we get better, at, better and better at using our faith. Start on something small. You know, if you get the diagnosis of cancer, that's not time to be the faith giant. Start out with a knee pain. Start out with something that you can trust God with. Don't be afraid. Step out in faith. Exercise your faith. Ephesians 2 8 says that faith is a gift from God and it's not earned. Every believer begins with the same measure of faith. That's Romans 12. And you know what? That's the God kind of faith. That's the measure. You and I started out exactly the same. And it's God's kind of faith. He gave it to you. Fruit of the Spirit, faith is one of the fruit. It's yours, and it's here on the inside of you. Let's look at 2 Peter 1.1. To those who obtained like precious faith with us, By the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uncommon faith is precious. It's precious to God. And, you know, we've seen all the miracles with with the disciples and the faith that they had after Jesus had left and the Holy Spirit had come. There's a lot of awesome things that they did, and we can do the same thing. That's the precious faith that, that they're talking about. Galatians 2.20 says, We live by the faith of the Son of God. You have the same quantity and quality of faith that Jesus had. Isn't that awesome? This isn't wimpy faith, guys. This isn't pathetic faith. (laughs) This is the same that Jesus had so the potential that we have is the same as Jesus that's for every believer that wants to go that far with it so you're not working with something that isn't quality and that will work won't work it works it's there but we believe we speak we declare and then we take it it's ours Let's look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. Let's talk about what faith is. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Let's look at a different translation. This is going to be the New English Bible translation. And it says, And what is faith? Faith gives substance to our hope and makes it certain Of realities that we do not see. Realities that we do not see. Realities are God's promises. We may not see them yet, but faith says have confidence in that. You can trust that. Even if you don't see it yet. Amen? Amen. 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 Faith is now. It is always in the present. It's never, I'm going to be healed. That's not faith. Faith says, I'm healed right now. Faith said, whatever I'm believing for is now. It's here. It's now. It's mine. Faith is believing the answer to what we need exists in this world right now. It says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Substance is, is tangible. It's real. Faith is the confidence and assurance of what we are believing for is real. It's tangible. It's attainable. It's uncommon faith that brings the promise of God into hearing, seeing, feeling realm. Those things that aren't yet revealed yet. You see it, you see it, you see it, you see yourself well, you see yourself walking, you see yourself free from whatever it is that the enemy has tried to throw up against you. If you don't see it, you're not in uncommon faith. You're still in the hoping part. And faith and hope work together. But we have to hope into something, and the Bible kind of hope is expecting. And faces, that's mine. I see it, I expect that to happen. Healing, I expect it to happen. And faith says, that's mine, I believe it. See yourself well. And if you're not there yet, ask your father to get you there. He's always there for you. Always there for you. But see yourself well. Faith is the substance that brought the universe into existence. Let's look at Hebrews 11.3. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. God looked and said, Light be. He didn't see light, he didn't talk about darkness. He looked and said, Light be. He spoke it into existence. Our words are very, very important, and they are very, very powerful. Healing be. Cancer go. Arthritis leave. And it was created from something that wasn't seen. It was his word of faith. You don't have to see it yet to speak it and then declare it. We call things that be not as though they are is what the word says. Our worlds are framed by the faith words that we speak. What are you speaking? What are you framing your world with? What words are they? You have the same faith You have the authority of Jesus Christ on the inside of you. Your words have power. We have to get a revelation of that, guys. In Christ Jesus, we have the same power and authority that he has. He spoke, things moved, things changed. You and I have that same power. We have to trust that. Trust him. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. What is it that you're not seeing right now? What is it that you're believing for and you don't see? But it's your faith, that's the evidence that reveals to you that it's now. Faith is now. And you know what? Our faith should be all the proof that we need that God's word is true and that healing belongs to me. We don't need a doctor's report. We don't need to feel it or see it. Your faith should be the proof of whatever you're believing for. You know He heard you. You know you're praying according to His will. And He said, We can have whatever we say. That should be all the proof that we need. I believe that, Father. I believe it. I believe it. It's mine. It's mine, and that's all the proof that I need. Uncommon faith has it now. We're not hoping to see it. I'm going, again, I, so many people, yeah, I know the Lord's going to heal me. The Lord's going to heal me in his time. Stop. Faith is now. Jesus has already paid the price 2,000 years ago. It's yours now. God always wants you well. He always wants you walking in health. It's not that his timing is now. His timing is now. Those words are doubt words because you're not seeing it, that you're allowing your physical realm to determine if you're healed or not. That's not faith. That's your flesh. Let's look at Philippians 4.19. God's word has supplied everything that we need. We get in there and we find that promise. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If we hope for the finances to meet a need, faith gives us the assurance that we have that money now. 1 Peter 2.24 Who himself bore our sins on his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. We hope for the healing, right, confident expectation, but it's our faith that says, I'm healed now. That's my assurance. Faith is our assurance. Philippians 4, seven, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Do you need peace? Faith is your assurance that peace belongs to you. God doesn't want you to be anxious or fearful about anything. It's yours. Praise the Lord. Uncommon faith says if God's word says it is so, then it is so. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what it sounds like, I'm not going to go by my five senses. That's going to mess you up every single time. In the faith realm. Five senses and faith don't work together. Uncommon faith says, I see it now, I take it now, I have it now. Uncommon faith is aggressive. Let's look at 1 John 5, 4 and 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. We are world overcomers if we are in Christ Jesus. World overcomers. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. That's why it pleases God so much. It allows us to be overcomers. What does the world throw at us? It tries to throw a lot of stuff at us. But we have faith guys We have faith on our side We have faith In a God that we choose to trust That what he has promised He is faithful to perform He is more Than able There is nothing that takes him by surprise It may have taken you by surprise But it never takes him by surprise He's got an answer He's got a way out He is there for you. Just put your trust in him and let him lead you and guide you through it. To the victory, the overcomer that you are. Verse 5. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. And I'd say that's everybody in here. So we are overcomers. That word faith there is pistis. Listen to what this means. Forward, directive, directed, aggressive. Always reaches forward towards that goal. It boldly takes what rightfully belongs to it. Healing rightfully belongs to you. And it boldly takes it. Don't be wimpy and don't be passive. The enemy doesn't want you to succeed, and he will put many things in your path that will try to discourage you, or try to delay you, or try to deter you, or to get you just a plain old give up. Take. Be adamant about this. And if you have to get loud, <laughs> get loud. This is mine. Get your hands off of it. This is mine. It belongs to me. Jesus paid the price for me. It is mine. And I am taking it by faith. It's aggressive. If you have a gentle, passive personality, I don't, as you probably can tell. (laughs) And I envy you at times. But you know what? When it comes to faith you got to push that aside. you got to say, this is mine. This is mine. This is mine. This is mine. And nobody's going to take it from me. I will not be denied what is rightfully mine. It is mine. Aggressive faith does not take no for an answer. My husband was diagnosed with cancer, as Cindy shared earlier, Um, and it had spread into his lymph nodes, and we did go to the doctors, we went through the medical realm, but we were believing and standing in faith, we were declaring certain things, and God just provided God delays, right, for different things. As he was going through this, and we were declaring that he was healed by the stripes of Jesus, that he was cancer-free, that there would be no further treatment needed. That was our choice to say that, because God says that we could have whatever we say. And we know that healing, right, is God's will. So if that's how we're praying, according to God's will, he hears us and we can have whatever we say. That was our choice. By faith, no further treatment will be needed. As we're kind of going through all the medical stuff and they're doing tests, they're still talking about chemo and radiation. We would leave. We would get in the car or go wherever we went and we would just start saying, Lord, I take authority over that. We're declaring and believing that no further treatment is going to be needed because cancer is gone in his body. We were not going to take no for an answer. And it was test after test after test, but then there would be some kind of delay. Like, well, you know, like they had um, took x-rays of his lung and they said, you know, there's something on your lung. We don't know if it's a virus or it could be the cancer. So we're going to try to treat it with an antibiotic, send you home for 10 days, and then come back and we'll check it out. God delay, because we still kept saying what we believed. He went home for the 10 days. He took the antibiotic, and we were declaring no cancer anywhere in his body. Went for the checkup. They did the x-rays, and it was totally gone, totally gone. There was nothing in his lungs. Whatever that was was gone. So don't take no for an answer. The enemy will continue to push you and push you and try to get you To back down. He will bring things around you that in the natural you're going to say, maybe I should. Maybe I should take the treatment. Maybe I should. Now, nothing against treatment. Okay, again, I want to make that clear. (laughs) But this is where we were. Okay, this is where Tom and I were. We went back for another report. And the doctor, you could tell, was totally baffled. He's sitting at his desk, and we're sitting over there, and he's kind of doing that chit chat thing, but he keeps looking at stuff, you know? And he'd say a little something, and then he'd look at something, or go on his computer screen looking at something. And finally, he just said, Mr. Veers, there's no cancer in your body. All of your tests are clear. Aggressive faith. Aggressive faith. You stand. Do not take no for an answer. If you know it is God's will, you do not have to budge. Amen. That was in 2008 He is cancer-free. We're pastoring a church. Praise God. He is strong. He is healthy. He has no side effects because he didn't go through any treatment. And again, there's no condemnation in doing any treatment. Again, we do what we need to do. We do what we need to do. Do not allow discouragement. The enemy will try very hard very hard to discourage you, to dissuade you, to stop you. Because he knows if you get this, (laughs) I mean, those of you, well, most of you don't know my husband, but I married a Baptist boy. (laughs) And I was raised Pentecostal. (laughs) Okay. But (laughs) we had a lot of interesting discussions through the years. um, And he really was not anywhere... You know, that speaking in tongues stuff is just too weird. It's just not, you know, it's just, mm-mm. Healing, because our daughter um, was diagnosed with leukemia back in 99. So cancer was in our house twice. And I put my foot down on the second one, and I said, okay, we're done with this. And you're going to be sorry in Jesus' name. And she's doing great. She's 30 years old, 31. Picture of health, strong woman of faith. But anyway... God has been faithful to us. This is why I'm so passionate about this. And my heart breaks when I see people that are not able to receive. Because I know it's truth. I know it's what God wants. And if God did it for me and my family, you are no different. He wants that for you too. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not lose heart and grow weary, And faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time and at the appointed season, we will reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage or our faith and faint. Sometimes these things like to hang on longer than we want them to. And we can get very tired and worn out about speaking to something and declaring something and telling it to go. And then it just kind of starts becoming just kind of like a ritual. It's just something we do. And if we're not careful, those words will lose its power to us. We have been, again, like I said, in the ministry for a lot of years. We still keep healing scriptures All the time. We have to keep this fresh and new. God's word should never get dull or boring or blah, blah, blah. I've heard that before. God's word has power. It has power anytime and every time that you need it. And when you get a hold of it, faith will strengthen and grab a hold of it. But there's power in the word of God. Don't ever let it become just... Something you're used to. Every time we go to the word, it should be exciting and it should be, this is mine. This is God talking to me. Father, you're talking to me. This is personal. And if we've been a Christian for a lot of times, we hear the same scriptures over and over and over and over and over and we think we know. Let the Lord give you a deeper revelation on something. God's word is alive. And there's going to be something new in the scripture that you've made read a thousand times, but it's when you need it that you're going to have a revelation of something like, "Wow, I never saw that." Don't give up. Uncommon faith doesn't get discouraged. It keeps pushing through. Uncommon faith maintains the same intensity that we started with. Well, how do we do that? If this goes on for a while, you get in the word. You keep getting in the word. You keep allowing it to wash over you, to build you up, to strengthen you. That's what the word will do for you. And don't look at time. Faith says it's now. Faith says it's mine. In the natural, this may look like it's going on for a while. But I'm not going to allow that. Because I know God's word is true. I know God's word is reliable. I know he's not going to lie to me. He says I've been healed by the stripes of Jesus. I am not going to budge from this. And I'm not going to allow myself to get discouraged And you know what? We have to talk to ourselves. The Bible says for us to stir up our most holy faith. How do we do that? We talk. We speak. We encourage ourselves with the word. You do that. Get those scriptures you're standing on. Stir yourself up. Get excited again. God is exciting. Yes. And then we let patience have its perfect work. Now, we don't like that word patience because that means we have to wait. <laughs> but you know what? The Bible says it has a perfect work. There's a strengthening for you in patience. And it says that it's a perfect There's perfection that's going to come out of you. Don't give up. God's words are seeds. And we have to plant them in our heart. It has to get from here to here. And seeds always take time to grow. I wish it was that quick that we plant... Tomatoes today and tomorrow we got the full plant and the whole harvest. But it doesn't work that way. Seeds take time to grow. Remain faithful in this growing season until your harvest comes. And there will be a harvest. Due season in that scripture, appointed season or due season, it means that there is a time that the harvest will come. Be sure of that. Be sure of that. My harvest is going to be coming. Be confident in this. Last scripture. Hebrews 10:23: "Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised." Oh, my, guys. He is faithful that promised. He is faithful that promised. He is faithful that promised. Keep talking to yourself about that. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's not a liar. He's faithful. He loves me. He loves me. Loves me so much that he sent Jesus for me. Jesus took the curse. Jesus took sickness and disease. Jesus took all of that so that I could be the overcomer. I am the victorious one. And so are you. Be relentless and unyielding in your attitude, in your words, in your thoughts, and your actions. God's part is done. It's grace. Thank you, Jesus. Our part is faith. And it's not only believe in it, but there's that other step. I receive it by faith right now, in Jesus' name. It's mine. And then you start speaking the, the same way, consistently. I'm healed. I'm healed. Do not back down from that. Stand firm in what you've asked God for. Don't start wavering like maybe I need to adjust this or maybe I need to reword this or uh uh-uh. If you went to the word the first time and you got the promise of God and you know it's his will, he hears you, don't back down. It's yours. It's yours. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word that's gone forth. Father, I thank you that you have blessed us with every spiritual blessing. It is ours. And we lack nothing today in Jesus. We are full of Jesus. We are complete in him. And Father, as we speak and declare your word and we stand firm and we do not allow the enemy to try to take anything away from us, we push through the crowd, so to speak. We are not going to be denied what is rightfully ours in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for your great love. I thank you for Jesus and all that he has provided for us. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. 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 Now that woman practices what she preaches. I've seen her life, I've seen the fruit in her life. I was just meditating on the word this morning and in John 15 it talks about the the connection between abiding in the word And the word abiding in us and the fruitfulness of our lives. That's what I see in Fran's and Tom's life. Not just in their physical health and wellness, but in every area of their lives. In every area of their lives. And I I look up to her. And I, you know there's a scripture that says, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate God. Well, that's what I do. I look at Fran and I, and I, I strive to to imitate her as she imitates God and as she lives out the living word. It's awesome. We're going to stand-